0: Uh, that is an ugly game, ugly game, uh, whew, alright, so, I'm back, been inconsistent, I know, uh, life is life and things are out of, things were out of my control, but now they're back in my control, but back here, uh, bet that up pod, I'm back for technically episode three, because I did episode two, I was never able to release it, um, fresh off of Bears, 19-13 loss against the Minnesota Vikings, so going to Go a little bit deeper into what happened, uh, Phil's injury, um, a little bit more, uh, of those, those big aspects as well. Also, going to give you a little look into uh, next week as well. Not looking too good either, but it's going to let you know. Um, appreciate everybody for the support. Uh, it's definitely going to keep these um, um, knocked out as much as possible, especially for the rest of the season at least. Uh, I have a lot of things I want to say, a lot of things I want to be able to focus on. So, appreciate y'all for uh, for tuning in. Uh, sit back relax and do the next 30 minutes. So I'm bet that up back to the pod um this will be my last week hopefully not having a microphone together uh i have a microphone try to do a couple test runs but uh the idea wasn't working so back to michael's for right now uh do want to talk about this um this loss we had today i'm going to say we a lot i'm working on it i was not in the field i i'm not a chicago bear uh never played pro ball at all but when you when you're part of a city, when, um, you feel like the team is a part of you, no matter, no matter how bad they are. And that's the only reason why I still tune in and watch the games anyway. Honestly, it's it's, it's been rough. We haven't had a, a a good competitive team in quite a while, so it's long rebuilds that didn't that don't actually go anywhere. And this look, this is another down year. So we is in the books. Uh, Bears lose nineteen uh, thirteen to the Justin Jefferson less Minnesota Vikings. So uh, week uh, week before Justin Jefferson um, goes to, goes out, he goes to IR. Which uh, I looked at that two ways. I looked at it two ways. Way number one, I was really excited from a fantasy football aspect because I have Kelsey. Kelsey's out putting up ridiculous numbers. I had a guy going to get um, that picked up Justin uh, next week and. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, Justin's out, I'm fine. But also, look at the schedule. Oh, we, just, the Vikings play the Bears. And how do Vikings play? The Vikings feed Justin. You know, they give Justin the ball, I'm sorry, JJ as they call him, um, they give him the ball a lot. Kirk Cousins, majority of his passes go to Justin early, get Justin moving early. The team's gonna have to move a safety over top, and the next thing you know, your KJ Osborne's, your, um, your your Addisons, they're able to uh, go up and be able to get more plays. I said Addison, like I don't know what his um, his last name is. Uh, Things like James or something like that. Um, but you know that's that's how the offense works, and then it has not working that good this year. Um, Kirk has some really good games so far, but Kirk Cousins has some good games so far, but it hasn't really been a type of year to, to, to expand. Um, Vikings were really expected to make that step up. I mean, to continue to have a good year and win more in the division this year, but it really hasn't, um, turned, turned that way. Um, they turned over a lot of their defense and they've given up a lot of points. So. Going into this game, I was really expecting us to be able to score a few points, uh, get out there, uh, especially um, with DJ Moore, uh, stretch the field vertically, and be able to take advantage of the fact that they don't have the offensive firepower to be able to keep up with us, or so I thought. Uh, this, game got, uh, this game got ugly really fast, um, there, are, there were not a lot of... Not a lot of uh, scoring in this game of course uh unless you're looking at the the kickers um uh joseph and um santos both um both contributed um heavily to their to their teams to be able to help them out um um in the in the points category but overall there it just wasn't a good game overall d j moore was basically held in check into the into the last two drives when um Bagger came in I'll get into that a little bit more. But just the ugly game. Minnesota had this issue with fumbling. They had a real big fumble on a on a backwards, backwards lateral that the Bears took over on. But once again, we just we just can't we can't consistently get our offense in the flow. Uh, I think defensively we did we did adequate. Uh, nobody on their uh, on their team was able to uh, step up and be able to win the game for them offensively. But, their running backs, uh, Cam Akers, uh, uh, Madison, uh, though, uh, combined a gave about 50, that 52, 52 rushing yards. So really wasn't anything in there as well. Uh, passing the ball as well, Kirk Cousins only passed on 181, only got one touchdown. So, you know, that's not a dominant offensive performance from them as well. Um, um, either, uh, a lot of people I saw a lot. I, try not to deep dive into the, um, a lot of the media that comes out right after the game. Uh, instead what happens is that I kind of just look at it, see see what's going on. And I knew they didn't have a lot of consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Hawkinson was supposed to be that guy, but Hawkinson is really, is kind of like the same thing we have with Cole Komet, so he might give you a good catch here and there, but he's not a Number one guy, um, the tight end position itself, outside of Kelsey, is really lacking a lot. Um, so the Bears defense did what they were supposed to do and not allow for the other guys to step up and win the game for Minnesota. Still didn't get a lot going on, especially when it comes to uh, pressuring the ball. Um, I mean, pressuring um, Kirk Cousins, we only got two sacks on the, on, the, on the day. Uh, so. Really, not, really, once again, not getting that edge rush, uh, again, was something that cost us, um, didn't re- um, didn't really affect their passing game much at all, um, outside of being able to just have good coverage. The guys could get open down the field, but we couldn't make them pay by having constant pressure on Kirk Cousins. And we know Kirk Cousins isn't mobile, uh, but we still kind of played more of a last kind of defense. Uh, as far as um, our offensive line, I mean, our offense in general, we struggled, struggled mightily. Um, fields was um, sacked four times. Um, just, and a lot of the other times it was just him just try, trying to run and get things go out the pocket round, throwing the ball out of bounds, trying trying to, I don't want to say trying his hardest because that's me making excuses for him. But it's just him trying to make a play. Uh, trying to make a play, and the Vikings blitzed a ton. They blitzed a ton, and we had a lot of bad snaps. So, um, struggle, um, inconsistent offense, blitz-heavy defense, bad snaps. Um, a One bad snap could really throw off the timing of a pass play. So, if you think about it, normally on the center, ball comes in. You hit it hit him in the chest area. Now the quarterback's able to bounce, take that tenth of a second, a half of a second, to be able to start scanning the field. But if Justin's jumping in the air, or Justin has a bit um, has to go down low for it, now it throws off that rhythm. And still, with still the Vikings got plenty of pressure. They hit Justin a lot in this game. Uh, first quarter, I I saw. If, um a couple of really good hits first half i'm sorry saw a lot of a couple of really good hits from um that justin took from minnesota so they were not afraid to get back there at all they were out there pressing the ball very heavily and when it comes out to it uh w- we were not able to protect justin either with a game plan or on the o-line just blocking four um blocking five when they were sending five or six So. Def, definitely lost in the trenches. Uh, definitely didn't get much going on the run game. Uh, Fields had 46. Uh, Foreman had uh, 65. So we won the run battle overall because uh, Evans also had 30, 32. Uh, Valis Jones had 15, but most of that came on a 17 yard run. So just letting you know if he had 15 yards in the game and then 17 came on one yard or one run, see what happened next time he got the ball in his hand. So uh, overall, um, not that great of offensive game. Uh, fields, uh, on a, uh, trying to evade uh, pressure again, gets hit, I think that was by Hunter, uh, landed awkwardly on his hand, uh, looked like it might be a, I don't know, I don't even want to speculate, I'm not a doctor, uh, didn't see it live, but could tell it was, uh, could tell it was a, that hand that he was trying to, trying to land on, I was trying to hand it, land on, there was a lot of weight on there, so, just went out the game. Justin goes out the game and Tyson Baggett comes in and Baggett proceeds to move the ball but also give the ball up. So there was a um there was a fumble. There was a fumble by Baggett um in the fourth, I think it was the third or fourth quarter. Um just taking a look at that right now. But um, that he gave up, and I believe that was the scoop and score um, that allowed um, Minnesota to be able to uh, get the ball, uh, get the ball in the end zone. I'm double checking that right now, but now we it um, gets back in, back in, back in the game. We're driving again. Um, We're only at six points, so now he's able to get the ball down the field. We're able to score. Defense gets another stop. Once defense gets another stop in, on fourth down, now now it's. All right, come save us. Now we're asking for this undrafted rookie to be able to come in and save us. And I was an opponent of him playing and being a backup anyway, just because I saw what P.J. Walker was doing in the preseason and Baggett played better than P.J. against against the backups. So uh, down 19-13, uh, driving, we make um, we have a lot of really good plays to be able to uh Nice, nice passes to be able to get us into the, uh, into scoring, um, a close scoring range. Uh, so you can take a shot because all you really want to at that point is, is get close enough to be able to get a shot into the end zone. Like one play to get into the end zone. And just oddly enough, he, um, throws this very strange off balance running into the back of his old lineman, short arm. Throw um, right into the defense, interception, and that's the game. Like that's that's the game. Uh, Bears lose, and it was. I had hope, right? I had hope. I thought that uh, it was. It was by uh, Murphy. It was intercepted by Murphy at the um, at the eight. Uh, I really had hope that you know this was going to be one of those really great sports moments where the undrafted rookie comes out and he does an uh, incredible thing and drives the team down. Next thing you know, this is where we get like that momentum um, for us to be able to go through and start writing this chip. And the news are is going to say, who's going to start when Justin comes back? Is it going to be Baggett or is it going to be Fields? But what ended up happening was he did what a undrafted rookie from a D2 school would do. He thought he could be strong enough to get that ball there. He thought that his athleticism was better than the athleticism of the NFL guys on the field. And it's not. It's not. Like, you have to be able to be a smart player and understand your limitations as a rookie. On a normal consistent basis, Tyson probably didn't have to go against the kind of competition he saw on... On Sunday, he probably didn't. Um, when he um, he wasn't really ready for that, um, for that he was thrust into it. We all we all I understand that. Um, going from going to Shepherd's University, he more than likely isn't seeing a ton of NFL talent on a consistent basis. But he just his, his game out there was against starters. And he was able to move the ball around a little bit. But also, ball security is a big thing in the um, in the pros. As a quarterback, he need to keep the ball secure. And once you get your team down there for a score, to be able to throw it away on first down like that, to be able to go unorthodox and end up making a mistake like that, that is something that's a killer. That is something that will cost. So it's not, it's, it's not all on Baggett. Baggett wasn't. I don't think Baggins is ready yet. I think Bag needs some time now. Of course, with this injury, he's going to get thrust into the starting lineup. He's going to play a lot more. But overall, I don't think that this is the time for him. It's because he needs time to get ready. He needs to be able to fill those offenses out. He needs to get more comfortable um, when he sees the blitz and knows what to do. Right now, he's not that sure. So, um,. We're going, I'm waiting to see today what the injury is going to be as it has, as nothing's been disclosed yet, but next week we're going to go against the, uh, I'm sorry, the Vegas Raiders and we'll see how that looks. Um, outside of that, I want to talk, for a second, talk about the offense. This, this offense is lackluster, lackluster. And to be hundred percent honest, I cannot tell you how to fix it. I cannot tell you what's what's going on. I can't tell you be, because there is no rhyme or reason to why we just cannot be consistent. We cannot be consistent at, at all. And uh, Luke Gates, Luke uh, Luke Get- 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 See, this is this is on him. As a coordinator, like what are you doing to make the game easier for your players? If if Minnesota had clear intentions to play off of them, DJ, DJ Moore and blitz, and instead of Gatsy having an opportunity to say, "Okay, our number one guy last year is on the field right now," that's Darnell Mooney. Let's see if we can get Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, open in space because I know they're coming quick, so it should be underneath stuff open and let our speed win out. That wasn't what it was going on. That was not what the play call was. That was not what the game plan was. And Getsy once again, shows that he can't really make good play. He can't really come up with adjustments on the fly. He can't. If if, if the plan doesn't work that he comes up with at the end of the, of the week, then it's just done. We're just going to have a bad offensive game. Uh, unfortunately, it's another loss. Uh, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I'm a I'm a positive kind of guy. We're gonna talk a little bit uh, as well about prospects as well uh, for next year. So, um, be right back. We're gonna take a quick little breather. We're gonna go into next week's game against the Raiders. NFL Week Seven. Chicago Bears welcome the Las Vegas Raiders. Still gotta get used to saying that. Las Vegas Raiders. Just. Doesn't really sound right, but Vegas Raiders come to Chicago. Vegas is a three-point favorite to um, to beat the Bears. Um, Vegas is a three-three uh, and three. They just um, they just won their last game this week. Have a real good pass rush. Macs Crosby. Uh, they had they were getting back there uh, last week. So the Raiders have been uh, against the Patriots. I'm sorry, I forgot what the team was. But the Raiders have been a up-and-down-again team. Being, being 500 right now was really a surprise, uh, especially um, yesterday pulling that game off with injuries that they had, uh, Jimmy G getting injured. But they're still a good team. Still a good team. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jim- Jimmy Garoppolo, though that is an actually legitimate offense. That's an actually legit offense. And their defense frustrated the Patriots in week six. I haven't watched them too much, but I did want I did take a look to see who um who were gonna play this upcoming week and, and I saw it was I saw the Raiders were on and I was, saw this Mess Mass, Mass Cross being able to dominate on that O line and basically for the game when safety. He beat the tight end and he beat the right tackle on a on, um, for a safety, and that's how that's how the Patriots end up losing to the Raiders. So just looking at it going forward, especially in this game, uh, three points. I definitely think that we're gonna lose more, more than three points, especially if there's no uh, Justin Fields. I feel like they may underestimate Baggett, and we might be able to get it within six, or might be a one-score game. But I don't have faith in us making this a close game overall. Like, I don't think it's going to be a a battle for us to be able to come through and be able to win this one. And um, on a a surprise, I think that Oakland is better than us. And that's what it's going to prove this time around. I do like the over-under 37.5, though. I feel like it's going to be... I feel like it might be 21 to... Twenty-one thirty-one, oakland i'm sorry vegas vegas so I, i'm going to go with the over on that one but overall i think that they're um that the raiders are better than us now as a team going one in five you you don't get the regular hands anymore that is a that's a new that's a rule for me that's how i feel once you get into this realm of being 0 for five, one for five, or you know you're out of the playoff race all the way. In general, regular centers aren't aren't good enough um, for you, so that's why for the rest of the season, i will be looking at the Tankathon stats. Tankathon is a website that gives the draft order of a team based on their record, because you know your teams are out of there. Some of the some of the best some of the teams that are at the top of the Tankathon ratings are Carolina, who traded out traded their pick to us, so we. Back or back to being one and two with Denver, who beat us, not only in the tiebreaker, which would be a losing matter this time around. And they're in the and th- they're in the three spot, followed by Arizona, the Giants, and those Patriots that we talked about. Those are the one and five teams. Those are the teams that are basically to start packing it up now. Right. So this is the question. What to do? Like what to do now? You're 1-5, your coach isn't, doesn't look like he's a head, head coach material, your offensive coordinator doesn't look like he's an offensive coordinator uh, material either, your quarterback does not look starting quarterback in the NFL ready either, I'm not saying that Fields is not starting quarterback in the NFL ready, but he doesn't look starting quarterback in the NFL ready on a week-to-week basis, he looks like. He's still a project like he still needs things to work on and it may be the system but also it may Not be It also it also may be the quarterbacks. I'm not sure I'm not gonna be the one that this pals on fields and say hey, he's the problem. I, I pounded I, I Piled on Chase Claypool and say he's the problem. He's gone even though he was inactive against um uh, for Miami this last week, uh, I I was firm on that one. But as far as Fields goes, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but you gotta make a decision. This upcoming this past Saturday, uh, some news came out that Ryan Poles went to go see the U USC Notre Dame game. Caleb Williams number one draft pick that everybody's going after. He's projected number one USC quarterback, and he had a terrible game against Notre Dame. was not expecting that at all. I wholeheartedly thought Notre Dame was going to be able to win that one. Notre Dame was at home. I mean, I'm sorry, USC was going to win that one, but USC was on the road, so that's going to be a tough game regardless. Notre Dame always played USC tough in in South Bend. But this was a bad game from Caleb uh, Williams. And it's crazy when you look at it because Notre Dame sent pressure a lot. Notre Dame sent pressure and made him think. And when they made Caleb Williams think, he threw interceptions. He got sacked. It was not an overall good game for him. So this is the tough part. This is the tough part. As when you look at that game, me looking at that game live, me looking at the overall stats and how things went, because I'm focused more on college now. I'll sit back and watch college for fun. Having Caleb Williams go for 23, for 37, for 199, one pick and three interceptions is not first round, is not number one overall pick. Especially if you know that, if you look at the game and see that Notre Dame frustrated USC the same way Minnesota frustrated the Bears. So if you really feel that, oh, this could work out and Caleb Williams is our guy, then we got to get a new offensive coordinator. Because he's going to look just like Justin Fields back there and struggle with letting the ball go. I still have not figured out a, a success, a, a, a easy answer to this. Is it getting a big, strong, durable quarterback? Is it getting a guy that like Bo Nix, that's I don't think 25 years old and he has a lot of experience, so I like throwing him to the wolves, but because he has a lot of pro experience, or is it saying no on both on all the quarterbacks in this draft? If you don't think you're sold on Caleb Williams, or if you want to bring this coaching staff back, then hey, let's get let's get some defensive players, let's get some more weapons, and then get a quarterback next draft. So it's it's so a it's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of a lot of room. A lot of what ifs. A lot of what else as far as what we're going to do, what the Bears are going to do, what's what's going to happen with Pose, what's going to happen with Getsy, what's going to happen with Iberflues. We can't bring Iberflues, Getsy, and Fields back next year. That's that we can't do that because it's not it's not working. One of the two, one of the three or two out of the three or three out of the three have to go. and so if you come into the offseason thinking that then where do we go? Like what happens from here? What I, what I'm going to do um as far as quarterbacks looking uh, I did like Michael Penix Jr from Washington he had a great game against Oregon. He has a lot of injury history, but I think he's a winner. How much do you value a winner as far um as far as a a quarterback and ignore the health, ignore the fact that he may get hurt. How much do you value that? Uh, I don't want to see Drake may here. We, we, and he may be a better quarterback than Trubisky. He may be better than Trubisky, but he's went to the same school and I reminded and I can't get that out of my head. So picking him, Drake May, I feel like would be the worst thing you could possibly do. Saying that the bears may do that, but, there's a lot of issues. There are a lot of things we had to, to clean up. There are not we're not just one quarterback away. We uh, we need us we need a center in the later rounds. We need to figure out are we going to keep Braxton Jones at left tackle? Um, yes, he gets his block, but he is penalized left a lot. There are a lot of what ifs within with the Bears. And it's not just quarterback, but having a one and two pick can really benefit a lot of things, especially if we decide to go from Justin. And now we have one, two, and we have a quarterback that maybe somebody um, trades to get because they can't get Caleb Williams and they don't get Drake May. So now we could probably get a first rounder for Justin too if that's the case. Not sure, but that's, if that's the case, we is a lot of opportunity for that. So uh, I'll be right back in one um, in one second. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go about good, bad, and ugly. And then. I'll see you at the end of this break. So, good, bad, ugly for this game. Uh, What was good. I guess we reclaimed our spots at our number two overall draft pick slot. And Carolina blew up. Carolina jumped out to an early lead but lost to Miami. So, the good part is we still have the one and two pick. The good part is that we still have the one and two pick. Now, do I have faith that we're going to keep the one and two pick? No. Would it be just my luck that Carolina wins two useless games at the end of the year? Yep. Is it going to be just our luck that something crazy happens and we win four games this year? Yep. I see that happening. But as of right now, we have the one and two um, draft pickers. So we have flexibility of what we're going to do with this with this rebuild. This it's a lot of pressure on Pose. Now, Poles had the number one pick last year and turned into a right tackle and DJ Moore. What are you gonna do with one and two? Let's see what happens. The bad I'm gonna to have to go. Who oh, I'm gonna to have to go with the offense in general. Uh Minnesota made sure that DJ Moore's taking out the game. They made sure through three quarters he had thirty two yards passing. Minnesota made sure that, that you were not they were not gonna to lose to DJ Moore. Now, that should have been an indication that Darnell Mooney should have been the focal point of the offense, but that wasn't the case. Gessie couldn't figure it out or fails and Gessy and Mooney couldn't get on the same page, whatever the cases may be. There was a, a very strong um, amount lacking from the creativity. This was not a cold game. This was not a Darnell Mooney game. This was not a... A game that we were able to get creative on and, and win and gut it out. This is more of a systems of, uh, a, a a replay of previous games before. So once again, the offense looks bad. The ugly was that last throw by Tyson bound um, Baggett. That like running forward into a O lineman off your front off your front foot, jumping in the air on first and ten. Down by six. The announcer said it's a duck for our interception. Now, of course, Chicago media is, is saying it's time for Bagger to start, and we probably won't have no choice but to see him start against uh, against the Vegas. But yeah, that was just an ugly throw. It's not a good sign. So thanks once again for um, being uh, listening to uh, that the better up pod, spare down season. We talk to you a little bit more next week. Once again, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football, y'all.